joining us right now from somewhere near Heartland, Minnesota. Good morning, Al. Hey, good morning. It is really, really windy out. I had a thing I had to do this morning, and of course I didn't wear a jacket because <laughs> my my mom is no longer around to remind me of that. But it's uh, it's you know it's it's not freezing. It's above freezing. A so little. That's, yeah. So it, it's it's been worse, as we good Minnesotans will say. Yeah, it's been worse. I um, I hope you're all okay, everybody. I, I walked to the intersection of birds and me this morning, hoping to discover some new things. There, there's some songs in the trees. I got a brown thrasher back, and he always makes me want to join the band, so nice to have him. He's a little early. I think the year is a little bit early. You know, I kind of go by when the lake comes out here, and it uh, last year was uh, April 1st. This year the ice was out on March 24th. So if I compare it to last year, it's about a week early. Uh, great blue heron lumbered through the air, and if you can lumber through the air, that's what they do. They fold up that neck and just lumber through. It's about the size of a sandhill crane. I know a lot of folks are pretty familiar with them. Each is about four feet from the tip of the beak to the tip of the tail, and they have similar wingspans. The heron, though, while it weighs five pounds, that crane could be double that. A lot of the leaves will be coming out. I, you know, an insect hatch provides a food crop of caterpillars for upcoming warbler arrivals. And if the leaves come out before, you know, the warblers don't get the weather channel. They don't know what the weather's like here. They just go by day length, and then they'll be coming back. And they're dependent on that insect hatch for all those caterpillars to feed them. And if the leaves get going too well, then it's not only harder for us birders to see them, but it's harder for them to sometimes find food. So it all depends on everything happening at a certain time, and it can cause problems. I saw a brown creeper on a trunk of a tree. It looked as if it was a piece of animated bark on the tree. Uh, flickers are out there now. They're calling that flicka, flicka, flicka. And the nice things about birds is I don't have to grade any of them. I just mark them <laughs> as present. Uh, oh, I watched a ring-billed gull looking as if it were landing on top of a hooded merganser on the water. And the merganser would dive out of the way. And the gull repeated that behavior several times. And I think it was an attempt on the gull's part to steal any fish that the diving duck might have caught. And I saw a pair of trumpeter swans. I recalled a time I stood along a river on the foggiest of days. Two swans emerged from the fog, their white color enhanced by the contrast. And they made no vocalizations as they flew over my head, but I heard their wings. I heard each flap of their wings. It was like I could hear each feather. And I knew it was a cool experience because the hair on my arm stood up and a shiver ran up my spine. It was a glorious experience. Uh, European starlings are out there now. Boy, they're imitating meadowlarks, peewees, robins, cowbirds, even house sparrows. They, and they imitate them. I love seeing horn larks paired up on nesting territories as they are now. Uh, 
and a stunning, this stunning brown thrasher. I just, uh, I, I see him out the window here right now. I'm just so happy to see him. He's such a beauty. I'm enjoying the beautiful songs of house finches and western chorus frog practices. Uh, confrontational red-winged blackbird males are calling into the cattails. I walked around the Mayo Clinic campus in Rochester while watching a peregrine falcon flying overhead. It was a superb aerialist, and amazingly, I bumped into neither post nor person. And the strong winds this morning, they are blowing the Niger seeds from my feeder, so it's a its a thistle blower. I'm sorry. I'm, I apologize <laughs> for that one. It's a we over me. My multicolored Asian lady beetles are overpowering me with their numbers here in the bat cave. Uh, Leon Schoenrock, Leon's from New Richland. He said, I'm hearing morning doves this morning. What? wasn't sure there were many left as I've been seeing more collared doves all the time. The morning dove is way more pleasant to listen to. I always think the collared doves sound like they're throwing up. Oh, well, they do. Oh, yeah, geez. they have a, I don't know, blah, kind of <laughs> yeah. sound. I, I like their call at uh, ooh, 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 ooh. but yeah. then they have that and, yeah that's probably a good uh, now thanks Leon because every time I hear that now I'll, I'll be thinking you know I've never heard up. that now that now I'll, I'll listen for it too thanks yeah <laughs> yeah it's uh, not an attractive sound that they make but they are beautiful birds uh, Jay and Kathy Gregerson of Albert Lee said had this on the lawn today, a piebald grackle. Another grackle landed and displayed, and this one chased him off. When they flew, the normal one was chasing this one. We've never seen this before. Sounds like they are rather rare. Thought you would like to see it. Well, thank you very much, Jay. Yeah, we, and Kathy, we see this. Um, we see this. Uh, on grackles when we see it it seems uh, it certainly happens on other birds and i get photos from them but boy grackles are just uh, they're out there and they're strutting across our lawn so it's easy for us to see Jeannie Steinbrink of uh, Lyle said another bird this morning that I could not identify. It appeared to be small and completely black, except for two white stripes on either side of the head. I believe one narrow white stripe above and one below the eye. I didn't get a chance to snap a photo, but it was upside down on my suet feeder, similar to a nuthatch about the size and shape of a goldfinch, probably not more than five inches long. And, Gene, I don't know what it is. I wish I knew. I, I can't even make anything up because, you know, that would be wrong. <laughs> you know, we have juncles that are black, but they're white underneath. We have uh, red-breasted nuthatches. They're not black all over. All the striping on the eye would match. We uh, have downy woodpeckers. I, boy, five inches long. It's not very big, and I don't know what it is, Gene. I hope you can get a photo of it. Uh, Nancy Loggison, this is, uh, uh, Nancy's from Allendale, and what a nice thing um, she sent. She said, Dear Al, as the COVID precautions go on, it is worth noting that over the past year, my calendar schedule has diminished to the point that the only recurring event is KMSU Albat Tuesday morning. So thank you for sharing and keeping me sane and for giving me something to look forward to. And uh, oh my gosh, I get oh. now I get that uh, that same feeling as um, when I heard those swans fly overhead. So uh, Tom Wensler of Albert Lee said uh, a 
big, huge beaver dead on Highway 13 uh, near Alberley. Diane Smith of near Richland saw a house finch doing a mating dance. Yeah, it's sort of if uh, a lot of you have probably seen male house sparrows do their mating dance, and it's it's very similar. It's It works for them, and uh, the females find that uh, attractive. Uh, Jared Knudsen of Heartland uh, sent my wife a photo of a bald eagle that he had taken. And I know a lot of people take photos of bald eagles, but Jared took it from a paramotor. It's uh, one of those little, it's got a like a parachute on it, and then you sit in this little like lawnmower underneath it, and away you go, and you fly all over. It's an incredible thing. Uh, Peter Gillis said a great blue heron flying saw a great blue heron flying a transient wood duck pair has shown up for the last six to seven years i've had a transient wood duck pair show up in the reeds at the bottom of my lot they generally stay five to seven days the adult male cardinals have become very combative Uh, normally during the winter months i have 12 to 14 cardinals generally split evenly male and female and they are all fairly tolerant of each other at my four feeders but right now i have three very feisty males that are striving for dominance there have only been a few robins singing their cheerful notes each morning and evening i haven't seen any flocks of spring robins i have some sumac on the north edge and i can generally count on them finding it and the water dish on the porch railing i heard a sap sucker in the woods on the north side of my lot but couldn't find him if the weather looks to warm up again significantly i will put out at least one hummingbird feeder for early arrivals Uh, david hunter Uh, listens to KMSU, and he said about a month ago I saw a flock of about 15 red-winged blackbirds in the decorative apple trees, and they were all males. Do they migrate in gender groups? Lone red-winged blackbirds often come to my yard with flocks of grackles and even with starlings. Are they confused, or do they just hang out with any group of dark birds? Yeah, that's, uh, it's you figured it out, David. Uh, red-winged blackbirds migrate in flocks during the day, so that's how they get here. Generally, males migrate before females in spring and after females in the fall. Occasionally, you'll see both sexes in a flock in the spring. Uh, they will sometimes travel in mixed species flocks that include Oh, other blackbird species, you can get some rusties in there, maybe some brewers, uh, grackles, cowbirds, and starlings. And I particularly see that in the fall. Where where do they uh, migrate to is what I want to know, because Jeff was wondering that, too. We were talking about that. It's a lot of the birds are, like the blackbirds are back, but where do they actually go to and where have they come back from is what I want to know. Sure, and I do see, um, usually on Christmas bird counts is when I'm really out looking for them, they will um, spend some time here with us, because why one day? We are just lovely people, and they want to hang around with us. But as far as where they go, they will maybe, some of them will, 800 miles I would think would be the farthest they would go, they just kind of go where they can handle the weather. Hmm. 
So that might be here with us in southern Minnesota. It'd be in Iowa, Nebraska, Kansas. They're all over in those places. But some of them will go up to 800 miles. So they, uh, as you might figure, some of those that are in south, southern and western, they probably don't migrate at all. They just stay where they are. Okay. Uh, Denny Galligan saw leukistic grackle. Uh, Donna Swenson of Wasika found wood duck eggs under a nest box and wondered what happened. Egg carrying by female ducks has been reported for several species, including wood ducks. So for some reason they're carrying an egg, whether it's a rotten egg, who knows what's going on with those eggs. But I think they'd carry them a long ways away. Wait, how do they carry them? They have no opposable thumbs. Yeah, they put them in their bills. They're really? incredible. Oh, my. Yeah. I would think if I did that, I'd get that kind of jaw cramp <laughs> yeah. thing going that you get. Maybe For sure. And a real, it, like when you do one of those major yawns once in a while, and all of a sudden you go, <laughs> oh, my gosh, I must have disabled something here, dislocated, and then, of course, it goes away. I blame raccoons for pretty much everything that happens that can't be explained any other way. So they, they are prime predators of eggs and ducklings and uh, the adult ducks. And their paws are capable of remarkable things. So sometimes you get dump nests where more than one wood duck or maybe a hooded merganser will lay eggs in there. So you have this big pile of 20, 24 eggs. So that'd be something that a raccoon could reach down in and pull them out. Why they would just dump them on the ground? Well, if I'm a raccoon, I'm thinking, holy cow, look at all these things. i got to get them out of there and get them down the ground, get them down there. I can eat them down there. <laughs> and then maybe something happened. Maybe Donna's husband came by. He was heading to the field or something and scared the raccoon away. Now, I have no idea if that's what happens, but raccoon's paws are, again, they're capable of remarkable things. And if some listeners live in certain parts of the state, fishers are notable predators in those parts of the state. Several bird species and squirrels will damage the eggs, and starlings are one that will try to take over the nest. Also, some woodpeckers will do that. Uh, Dan Kelly said, I just saw something I've never seen before. At least four, maybe six wood ducks were flying around the woods behind our house, scouting nest locations. Three of them landed simultaneously on a small branch, which snapped off under their weight. They handled it with ease. I wonder if they laughed a bit. I did. Uh, Paul Janser saw an eared grebe in Faribault County. Uh, and also a western grebe. Uh, Sean Conrad saw a forester's turn in Watton County. Luke Hollander saw a brown thrasher in Mauer County. Sharon Holzer saw a brown thrasher in Brown County. Oh, Brad Abendroth saw a barn swallow in Rice County. Now, what a cool bird that is. Uh, my dad, it was spring for him when the barn swallows returned to the barn. Uh, Madeline Thompson saw a Carolina wren in Blue Earth County. John Schladweiler saw a Dunlin south of Medelia in Watton County. Uh, Brian Smith, a semi-palmated sandpiper in Brown County. Tom Bovers, a brown thrasher. Brown thrasher might be the bird of the day. In Rice County, and Chad Hines saw a leased sandpiper in Watton County. A listener uh, text said, can you tell a female blue jay from a male? 
I can. Uh, the female is the one that lays the eggs, so that's pretty <laughs> much the easiest way to do that. To look, you know, males and females look the same. This is um, they they just they males are supposed to be slightly larger, but good luck in picking that out. They they can tell, I guess, and that's what's really important. But they they look the same. Why does it rain cats and dogs? A listener asks. Uh, you know, nobody is certain. Uh, one suggestion, one I like, is that the phrase derives from mythology. Dogs were attendants to Odin, and Odin was the, a lot of things, but one was he was the god of storms. So sailors associated dogs with rains. Uh, witches took the forms of cats and rode the wind. So if you got wind and rain... And then it was raining cats and dogs, and I'm going to stick with that. I have no idea. And I know there's a number of different uh, uh, theories given. How many female birds sing? A study at the University of Maryland, Baltimore County. I'm guessing they go by UMBC because it would be hard to get all that on a, a shirt. They found that 70% of female birds sing. So we tend to think it's just a male out there bloviating, but the female has probably something uh, wise to say. How many bird species hybridize? Well, I think the last number I got now, there are 10,446 species of birds in the world. And scientists say at least 16.4% do. And, boy, I'd probably underline at least. I'm sure they'll find... The, They'll likely find that more than that do. Waterfowl are the most notorious for hybridizing. Ducks, ducks. Uh, so many of our duck, our domestic ducks come from mallard stock, and so you will see uh, some strange ducks sometimes out there. They'll just be oddly colored or just don't look quite right. So ducks do a lot of that. Uh, I was driving my car the other day in uh, State Park, you know, driving along, and all of a sudden it sounded like hail. Well, I got uh, uh, pooped on. Uh, the top of my car was just, uh, uh, it was incredible. It was just these big white spots. And about that time, I got an email from somebody who said, do geese poop in flight? Uh, you know, geese are less likely to defecate when flying than when grazing on the ground, and they tend to discharge droppings upon takeoff. But there was a strange incident that occurred at Disneyland in 2017 when flying geese pooped on 17 people near the Sleeping Beauty Castle, and police and a hazmat crew responded but they found that no crime had occurred, so there were no arrests or anything. But And the people got new clothes and everything out of it from the good folks at Disney. I, I read a book, uh, some uh, author had sent this to me, or his PR. It's the iPhone Photography Book by Scott Kelby. Kelly only with a B for the second L. And it aims to get professional images using the camera you always have with you. And he had some, there's some great ideas in there uh, and reminders and hints. Uh, one is keep the flash off 
for the most part. I, I've turned mine off. I don't know if I've ever used a flash. Hold the camera still. That's a big secret to get good ones. And if you don't want that shutter sound, you can mute the phone, and that usually takes care of it. The one mistake I think most people make, if if it is indeed a mistake, I mean, how how big a mistake can taking a bad photo of a, your son doing something stupid? I mean, <laughs> optical zoom is the good zoom. So that's the one. I know on my iPhone it has that 2x lens at the bottom of the screen. And if you tap that and take a photo with a 2x, that's a good thing. The digital zoom is the bad zoom. That's that pinch and zoom that we all like to do. We oh. put our fingers on there and we make it big. But if you look at that, it makes the photos pretty noisy. Um, they're just not. Do good they call photos. that pixely? It's like they look kind of green, yeah, greeny. Yeah, they just yeah greeny, fuzzy. Uh, they're not clear at all. And you, if you use just the optical zoom up to that 2x, you'll get a good one. And of course, the secret there is to get as close as you possibly can to yeah. things. I have noticed uh, that some of the phones can take actually even better, clearer pictures than I've got this fancy Nikon camera. And sometimes some of the, these new phones actually take just amazing photos. So, I mean, in a way, you don't need to carry all the fancy stuff. I sometimes have mine and say, you take it, you'll do just as well. So it's, they've really come a long way. They have indeed. And uh, especially I, I notice for uh, flowers and things up close that you can get right up close, they really do a, mm -hmm. a great job on those. And the secret, I guess, with flowers, you want to shoot them from a low angle, not down at them. I know I see a lot of photos of down at them, and they're great. But if you can get from a low angle, kind of get to their level, mm -hmm. you can get some just great shots with those. Uh, light makes good photos. Uh, direct sunlight can be problematic. It, I like to shoot outdoors with any camera when the sun is low or on cloudy days. And one thing, he adds all these little interesting things in there, like a, a photo of three things. If you took a photo of three flowers, is more likely to be liked than photos of two or four. Hmm. Yeah, I don't don't know why. It's just the way we look at things, I guess. And for those that take selfies, which I have never taken in my <laughs> life, I, I'm going to take one one of these days. <laughs> but they say to hold your phone high and aim down while you look up for selfies. Al, for yeah. I want to say when you take a selfie, I want it to be of you. Petting a bumblebee, so you'll have to be very coordinated. The one oh, hand will be petting, and then boy. you'll hold the other camera above, and then take yourself selfie petting a bumblebee, and then we'll post it for you. <laughs> that would uh, certainly be a defining photo. Yes. I, I, I love bumblebees. I saw one the other day, so he was moving pretty slow. Yeah. Um, for portraits, uh, Scott Kelby says focus on the eyes in portraits. Don't leave too much space above the subject's head. And the subject's head should be moved forward a little bit, bit and tilted down slightly, and then the shoulders rolled back. So it's a 250-page book, so these are just a, a couple things on them. I found it uh, helpful, and a lot of the things are those 
those things I knew, but sometimes we need to be reminded of things because we forget or I don't know what happens. We can be stupid, or at least I can. I'm just speaking for myself here. And you just think, wow, I know better than that. So it, it's a very helpful book. And again, it's the iPhone photography book by Scott Kelpie, and he is a professional photographer. So he... Uh, I'm not always sure what that means, professional photographer, but uh, apparently it's one that makes his living at it. And so it'd be worth it. And if you know have somebody, you make a nice gift for somebody that uh, uh, takes photos of food and everything else. Hey, Al, I don't remember reading anything on how to pose food, though. <laughs> they just You just have to be careful so it doesn't melt on you. Talking I about guess. books, I mentioned that one of our listeners, Miriam, uh, from St. Paul had just got your book. Uh, it's it's for the birds, right? Is that what it's called, for the birds? Yeah. Uh, she had just got that for her dad, and she wrote, uh, "My dad loves his book. I think he's already finished with it." So, so just oh, a nice comment nice. about that from from Al. Bat is another good book if you want to enjoy reading some light, light. Uh, I would call it light reading, wouldn't you? Yeah, very light. Yeah, yeah. It's not heavy. Almost- and, and almost it, empty. It's, oh, it's so, so light. light. So. <laughs> good one. Anyway, <laughs> I just uh, sent Miriam another book. So thank oh, you did you? Much. Well, very good. Yeah. Oh, nice. It's uh, it's a beautiful day, folks. Um, you know, this is the best day we're going to get here on uh, at Tuesday, April thirteenth, twenty twenty one. So we need to get out and enjoy it, no matter how the weather is, because. We boy, I try to change the weather. Have you all tried that? I've tried. I've tried to wish weather away. I've tried to wish it better, and it's not listening. No. It's just going to do whatever it wants to do. So it's just if you have a cat, it's like trying to uh, to herd cats to do anything with the weather. It just doesn't work, and I um, I can't tell good folks. To, enough to get outside and enjoy this day because it's uh, you'll find some beauty out there you really will there's a lot of things that are beginning to bloom a lot of budding yes. a lot of birds showing up and look on the water you'll see a lot of waterfowl say al i got a note from our friend john in new alm and sure. he said he saw two sandhill cranes across the street from his dad's place and he said maybe the same two from last year question mark and then he also said uh, last week at his dad's, he saw nine turkeys across the street and a boy and girl mallard duck on the neighbor's driveway and a raccoon in his dad's yard. He says uh, he, he may miss the last half of Al because he's, he's <laughs> working on his dad's income tax. <laughs> pro- oh, uh, so ew. anyway, so yeah, so he's been seeing a lot of stuff uh, apparently across the street. It's, it's busier. They get the, the birds and his dad gets the raccoon in the yard. Yeah, raccoons, boy, they are everywhere. And uh, and dead on the road, I noticed, too, lately. <laughs> yes. Uh, Sandhill cranes, it very well could be the, the same pair, because they will come back and nest in the same territory very often, especially if, they, if it works out well for them, if they've raised a family. Uh, my wife and I were uh, by a, a nursery, and here in a field out not far from the nursery, was a huge flock of wild turkeys. And the males were strutting around and gobbling, got their tails all spread out and trying to look as cool as a wild turkey can look. And the females, the 
appeared to be just uh, ignoring them completely. <laughs> but but I realize they're they're probably just being coy and playing it cool, and that's probably part of the attraction to the males because uh, that just gets inspires them to be even even cooler. I want to thank everybody for sitting on the porch here with me. Uh, I was in an auto repair place. I had uh, one of those idiot lights that comes on, and when it comes on, there's a big eye, and I know it's an information or something, but to me, that's an idiot, and it catches my attention. And it uh, turned out to be uh, pretty much nothing. It was a good thing, but uh, you always, you know, Humans, we should have that idiot light on us. <laughs> it might somewhere. be on all the time, though. <laughs> yeah, but if if there was, if it let us know something wrong, because if there's an idiot light on our dash, we take it somewhere. Right. But if there's an idiot light somewhere on us that there's something wrong, we don't. <laughs> we just think, well, it's just, it'll go away. It's a pulled muscle or something. So I think <laughs> we should have come with those. But I was in this auto repair place, and uh, the guy ahead of me had gotten it his tire fixed and had picked up a screw that had led to leaking air from the tire so he needed to get it fixed and as he paid his bill he said i'm always running over things and the cashier grabbed his payment before saying well keep up the good work uh, th- everybody keep up the good work i appreciate you so very very much remember heartland as well we're driving past uh, thanks for listening and do something wild today get out there and look at a bird karen thank you for your wonderful company well thank you alan i uh, look forward to chatting with you next week until then happy bird watching all right bye-bye bye-bye our good friend al bat it is ten thirty-one. look to ksmq podcast